How should we celebrate our staff? We've talked a lot about what you should do if you're leaving or changing jobs, but what responsibility and how can we celebrate our people that are in our clinics today? This week, we want to talk about everything from how do you give a goodbye party to a happy birthday celebration this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And what may not appear as a tough topic at first, I think you're going to find before the end of today's conversation can get really tricky. This week, we want to talk about how do you celebrate your staff? And this means everything from that person who's leaving you for a different or better job, all the way to the person who's been with you for 10 years. Before we get into that, kind of interesting conversation. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, you know, we have dedicated a few podcasts to how to leave your job gracefully, how to interview and evaluate. And we've talked about all the things that you should do as an individual, but we really have omitted talking about like what you as a team, as a clinic, as a business should be doing to celebrate those people in your workplace. And I think that at first when we were kind of talking about this pre-show, we were like, eh, what? And then suddenly we started spinning out scenarios that go, whoa, that does get tough. So Becky kind of set it up today for the viewfinders, what we were going to try to tackle. <laughs> yeah, well, like we've talked about celebrating Christmas and things like that, but we were talking because I see these posts regularly that are truly emotional posts that talk about I left my job. I've been there for seven years and no one will talk to me. They're mad. They're short staffed. And now I'm leaving and I feel guilty and not so much as a word, you know, and last year, this girl worked here six months and she left and they threw her a big party or like, you know, it's my birthday. Nobody noticed, but last week they had a cake for somebody. Like, I don't know. You just hear these unbalanced events and celebration and recognition in clinics that are outside of work, right? They tap into the personal lives. Um, And there's a lot of emotion attached to it. And that's why I felt like it was a worthwhile thing because people are really, you know, bummed out about it when it feels unbalanced. Right. And I think that, A, I believe there's a lot of favoritism and maybe unintentional discrimination going on. I want to talk about that in detail, Viewfinder, so hold that one just for a second. But more importantly, Becky, I mean, these are the foundations of building a solid, nurturing, welcoming workplace, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I it's building a fair workplace a either fair, way, right? Better, like right. if you want a welcoming, lovely, wonderful, embracing workplace, and yeah, we're throwing you a birthday party and we're going to have cake or, or whatever, cookies right, or right. we're going to celebrate and acknowledge you, but it's got to be fair one way or the other. And that's the big part because what you're talking about, this quote unquote in crowd and this discrimination that we're going to get to is what it feels like, intentional or unintentional. That's what it feels like to the person who's left out. All right, so I want to start Viewfinders today with, with maybe the more obvious and more tough aspect of this, and that is a person who is leaving your clinic. And Becky already kind of subtly laid out two different scenarios, right, where in one, a person had been there for seven years, and suddenly they're changing jobs, and nobody will speak to them anymore. It's cold shoulder time. And then another yeah. employee has been there six months, and she's changing jobs or whatever, and suddenly they're throwing a party. And I think that, Becky, first and foremost, I, it often depends on where you're going next, right? whether or not you get the party or the cake. So maybe maybe explain this too. Exactly, right? 
So if I haven't thought about that. No, now I'm extra sad. So <laughs> if right. I'm going to be that much better off in my life, maybe, maybe if it, you're right, like in the sense of, oh, I'm going to industry, it's something you couldn't compare with. Right. And so it's easier to embrace. Maybe it's, I'm, I'm going to be a stay at home mom or I'm, I'm going to go to nursing school. Maybe then it's a little bit easier for us to break the ties because it feels less personal than I'm going to the clinic down the road because right. it's a closer drive and $2 more an hour. Yeah, I think the competitive aspect viewfinder is really probably at the root of a lot of these dilemmas. So so again, I and we don't have an answer for this one. I can tell you my opinion on this and how I've handled it in my uh, you know practices. But Becky, I think, again, it's like you said, if you're leaving in non, non-competitive fashion, here's your cake. <laughs> Congratulations. You're going to yeah. have a great life. But if you're going down the street or across town to a competitor, it's kind of like, Really? Really? <laughs> I hate that so much, but yeah, probably. Yeah, right. And that is making me so, <laughs> you caught me off guard with that one, even as much as I've thought about this topic, because yeah, like the idea that we're not happier for each other, no matter the reason or the what, and like, t- this is the big problem with not being able to separate personal and professional. And I think in our business, we get in there deep, right? Because we spend so much time with each other and we are quote unquote family. Um, and it is so personal that it we take it very personal instead of saying this is a business move one way or another. Um, but either way, it can be devastating, even traumatic for the person who's going through it because it feels like high school all over again. You're chosen or you're not. Wow, I love that. And it does feel like high school. So viewfinders, I've, I've only had this happen once and it was kind of midway through uh, our main clinic. So, you know, I'd, I'd been out there long enough, you know, 10 or 15 years or so as a practice owner at that time. And I knew how to handle it, I thought. But this was a very valued CSR receptionist. And she, she'd been with us probably at that time, Becky, for, you know, four or five years. So she wasn't a new person by any stretch of the imagination. And it turns out she was actually going to go, she moved, okay, which is actually what precipitated this move. And she wound up being closer to another clinic in North Myrtle Beach, okay? So she decided to go down there. Now, technically, they weren't like a direct competitor, but they kind of were. And if you're in a rural area, you know that sometimes a clinic that's 10 or 15 miles away is a competitor, but in a big city, maybe it's a block, right? You you know what I'm describing. So so we kind of had a dilemma. The good thing is she was leaving on, on what I would consider that are amicable terms. So Becky, she gave us notice, and you know, she said two weeks. I mean, so which is fair, right? And um, and nothing, you know, no yelling, no screaming, no saying you're the worst <laughs> boss ever. None of that, right? It's just like you know, hey, we're due to circumstances, I'm changing jobs. And I remember Laura and I kind of sitting back. A, we were kind of ticked at first, right? <laughs> you know, because you'd hate to lose a good employee anytime, especially it's like, but it's only another 15 minutes to drive. But okay, I get it. But then we started saying, we need to be strategic about this. I don't want to create an enemy at a potential competitor, right? So we did the whole throw in the party and the, you know, we celebrated her and all that stuff at a staff training meeting. So Becky, you see, I was looking at it from a strategic aspect, right? I said, I don't want to create an enemy in what could be a competitor. I want her to leave us feeling good or as good as possible. And so that she doesn't hold any ill will and maybe like go down there and go, oh, let me tell you what they do. Here's their secret or whatever, right? Because you know, they're going to be doing that anyway. I don't know. What, do you have any examples in your world of somebody maybe that was going to a competitor and how they handled it? Oh, I yeah. Because I mean, I think, I, I, well, again, I think that's a mindset, right? Who is the competitor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because to me, especially in this 
this time of like, if you aren't accepting new clients, then it, it is no longer proprietary, right? Good point. Good point. Like yeah. it, 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 everyone down the road is your friend, but yeah, it, it is very much um, a situation. And the one that I've noticed really is the quote unquote cheap clinic in town that everybody kind of disrespects their medicine because a lot of people have had to clean up after it and everything's cheaper there. So you hear people kind of praising their work, but then you are the person that works there, right? Or the person that is then going to go work there and you're sort of ashamed. I've seen it a little bit with previous corporate where the individual, it's like, I, I can't believe you'd be going there. So then they, or they leave that clinic, go to another one. And it is that bad mouthing about what that clinic looks like um, on the inside and how things are done, which perpetuates the gossip and the disrespect of it. Right. So I see that for sure. But in terms of when an individual is leaving in my experience, it is funny that you mention it. Cause I think there is always, there has always been like, a, I'm going back to school. I'm moving um, and when it is a competitive clinic, I feel like there's more of a hush hush around yeah, it yeah. in the clinic itself, which is something else I wanted to talk about is how we talk to our other staff about it when other people leave, right? When they go to yep. a complaint or when they're fired or, you know, whatever happens, right? Because we don't really, we don't talk about it, but mostly that is sort of more hush hush than, but, but I feel like. Regardless of the situation, the individual who's leaving always has to justify it, right? They always feel vulnerable and like that they have to justify or excuse as opposed to just saying, this is a job and I'm entitled to leave it whenever I want to for whatever reason I want to. Right. And again, I think it crosses that personal professional line. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, people feel compelled to share a reason, Becky, maybe because they do have personal relationships, like you said, and I get it's business, it's work versus my other life, my real life. But, you know, I think, I, so I'm not so against that, you know, like them saying it. And and sometimes it does ease anxiety with the regular team, like, you know, because then you start to wonder, is something wrong with me? But but regardless, you know, I think if I am you out there today and you have a scenario like I just described where they are going to another clinic that either, like Becky said, has substandard, you're like, well, why, why would you go work there? They're, they have terrible medical protocols or their competitor, you know, whatever that is. I still think it's to your advantage, as long as things are amicable, right? As long as this person's not now, you know, in your face yelling at you and and doing all those kind of things that we know can go bad uh, when the people leave. But as long as that's good, I'm going to celebrate them, right? Because yeah. I think it's better to have an, a potential ally in those other areas than an enemy, just starting off on the wrong foot. Uh, the other part of this uh, equation that Becky said before we go, move on uh, to the next uh, topic here is that when they are moving to a completely different industry, <laughs> they're going to stay at home mom or whatever, it's a lot easier to celebrate and I think you should. And the reason I think this is important, Becky, I have had more than a handful of employees over my 30 plus years who left to go mom or dad or do whatever and sometimes even take a different kind of job and then come back a few years later. So, you know, again, don't burn your bridges. I think that's kind of my advice when it comes to this. So celebrate. I mean, what's the, what's the cost, you know? Uh, Becky, one thing that I get a lot of managers and owners push back when I start talking like this, because I do, I'm like you, we want to celebrate and we're going to get into anniversaries and birthdays and how we should or shouldn't do that. But many times they say, well, Ernie, A, I can't afford it. B, I have too many staff. C, I'm afraid if I miss somebody, then it's going to come back, you know, as, as a negative, right? So maybe can you address those, those, those kind of elements? 
Like, let's start off with how expensive. I mean, what, like, this isn't elaborate, expensive stuff I'm thinking about. No, 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 no. Right. No, it shouldn't be. And it doesn't, it certainly doesn't have to be. I can remember um, a time where I had a, I think it was my birthday, and I was in a clinic that we were having a lot of fun, and there was a, we had a really tight team, and they just like cut out these hearts and wrote, like, you're amazing and you're fun to work with and like whatever and stuck them all over the clinic or whatever. So when I came into work, that was what I came into. And it was so beautiful and and thoughtful and like handmade decorations. It was almost more meaningful than if they'd gone and bought a hundred dollars worth of anything. Agreed. Uh, So it doesn't have to be expensive at all. Again, it just has to be even. (laughs) It just has to be (laughs) fair. And so if it seems like too much to do, then you can't do that. But I'm sorry, you can go to the dollar store, get you some happy birthday decorations and reuse those babies for a hundred years to come. They, you know, they, they trust me, they don't break down, they're plastic. So we can, we can have that celebration and figure out where the line is drawn. I even worked for a company that had like a birthday club that you could opt into. And like, this was a health insurance company or pretty big, but you paid like, I don't even know, like $3 a month or whatever okay it was really minimal amount but when it was your birthday you got a present and a celebration and like you were opting (laughs) into wanting to celebrate your birthday and then people who didn't didn't and they didn't get anything but they knew they weren't going to get anything and it was fair right so even something to that effect when it comes to birthday because not everybody wants to celebrate their birthday let's be fair that's right is is a is a fun idea because it says hey do you want to be a part of this and you pitch into the birthday club because it's not necessarily somebody's responsibility to pay for your birthday. Okay, fine. That's the mindset. But you knew what was coming. The expectation was set and fair. I think it's this buildup, this emotional buildup to like, well, so-and-so just had their birthday and there was a card and a cake. So now I think I'll have that. I've seen a lot of companies do monthly birthdays. Like we celebrate exactly. everybody's birthday that month with a cake and it's very generic and across the board, but Hey, everybody gets cake monthly. So there's no Thank problem you. with that. I'm right? so glad. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is the solution that we stumbled into as we continued to grow. Right. So once we got like above 30 full-time employees, it started to become difficult to manage. So we did just that viewfinders. We just once a month, <laughs> You know, like, and, and I agree with Becky. I mean, it, is it make it a little generic? But it, at the end, it didn't matter, right? Because we no, still were yeah. celebrating them. We did work anniversaries. We did birthdays or any kind of major celebration like that. You know, life event. Does somebody got married or whatever, you know. Um, and so those, we just consolidated into one little meeting. It didn't take very much time at all, you know, and and we would make cards, the same, I mean, the same whole rigmarole. It just, again, viewfinders, I don't like it, again, when people say, we've got too many people. Oh, it'll we'll spend $1,000 on this, or, oh, I don't have time. It's like, do you? I think you probably can make time for this. Yeah, and, and then I think another thing to think about is illness, injuries, death in the family, things mm-hmm. like that, because I just had, uh, one of the doctors that works for me had surgery, like, not a major procedure, but abdominal surgery, like K. So I sent her flowers from the team. She said I was the first employer that ever sent, or the first boss that ever sent her flowers in her entire work history. That's what I said. And then I was like, okay, well, let's be fair. Like, was there an occasion to send you flowers? And she said, well, I I had a baby who needed open heart surgery. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) and that didn't, I said, I would have showed up at your house with groceries, like let alone flowers. And I was, I was really like, Wow. So I think this is another thing just while we're putting, you know, um, not, you know, I hate to say bugs and ears, but bugs and ears while we're, while we're giving you earwigs, um, 
be thinking about death in the family, surgeries, illnesses, and how you're going to handle those. Because again, I think it's incredibly meaningful to hear from your employer and coworkers in those really difficult times. Yeah, and if you find yourself, again, some of you are around, some of you are not. But if you heard me lecture, especially during my first you know, four or five years on the circuit, this is in the late 90s uh, period, um, you heard me say the first name rule. And, and back then, you know, we had under 20 full-time employees. And I used to tell audiences of vets and managers uh, something like, you really want to know like the first name of the spouse, partner, you know, significant other. And what I was trying to articulate to, to bosses and managers is the fact that you kind of also have this personal connection. Now, Becky, I know sometimes we say, you know, it's, it's being friendly without being friends, but this is part of the friendly aspect. And so I think if you're a small clinic out there, what Becky and I are kind of saying at this point is that sometimes recognizing that there may be personal issues, right? This open heart surgery of a child or your own surgery or whatever, like it's not within the realm of the of the business uh, transaction, if you will, but that does go a long way. And so, you know, that old first name rule, I think still probably holds some, some water these days. Uh, you know, so if you have a smaller team, you know, if there's 10 of you that work at a specific clinic and you're a manager, a leader, a, an owner, a boss, I think, you know, that there's, there's value to actually knowing a little bit about what's going on in their life. So you can say, Hey, how is Steve after his surgery last week? I mean, I think those are those little bonding things that do go a long way because, you know, Becky, we make a lot about, you know, different generations, Gen Z, millennial workforce versus boomers. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm a Gen X, but at the end of the day, I think people still want to be known as a person like that you care, you know, about me. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, because you expect me to care about you, right? Like you wow, expect me to care yeah. about this business and you yeah. want me to contribute. You want me to take away from my life. That that first name person you're talking about is the person I would rather be with. Yeah. It's right. the person I choose to spend time with. And, you know, I agree when you, you say that, but I'm going to challenge you and say, I don't care how many people are in your clinic. Um, when my husband was in the Marine Corps, his leadership that he worked the hardest for, that he respected the most, knew everyone on his base, yeah, knew yeah. their spouses, knew their life, because that's your job. Like yeah. if you choose to take that leadership position, you are a leader of people. And so therefore you need to know the people. And if you want to be motivating them, if this, it, even if money truly is the major factor for you, knowing those people is dollars. Yep. Yep. But also it, it, it's dollars because those people will give back to you, will be more loyal to you when you show appreciation, care, and concern that you understand that they are a person, not just a number and an employee that you will run through you know, regardless of what's going on with them, like that, like they're, they need to be value. And again, you're right. It's business versus personal, but you are still a person. And so I don't need to ask about your marriage counseling, but I'm definitely going to ask about your husband's surgery. Like that's going to happen. Um, and I think that those are things we need to be thinking about and have on our radar. And if you as a leader say, I actually have no idea, like in 10 years, none of my employees' spouses have had surgery, (laughs) guess what? (laughs) You know, you probably are out of touch Um, and we're missing opportunity. That's probably why you're having those go away celebrations more than you're having (laughs) those flowers sent to spouses. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. I'd much rather pay uh, for flowers to the spouse or the significant other than than you uh, leaving leaving the clinic. Becky, let's let's spin this slightly though to maybe a harder aspect of this. Let's say that 
that no matter where they're going, maybe they're leaving completely the profession and they're going to go be an astronaut, right? Or they're going down the street to a competitor. It doesn't matter. But what happens when that person kind of leaves on bad terms? Like, you know, so they gave their notice, but they're starting to take pot, you know, pot shots or whatever, you know, at everybody around. Like, do you then still celebrate them? What, what do you, what have, what's been your experience around that? I mean, I think we have to take the high road um, whenever we can, right? And so if we get into a situation where we have somebody give notice and then things start to go weird, I don't think we avoid this conversation. And I think that's what happens is people are like, let's just ride it out. But if somebody on their third day of giving notice is going to start acting kind of crazy, I'm going to pull them into my office and be like, I just really don't want this to go bad. I don't want this to get weird. Um, are you feeling some kind of way like that we need to talk about, but like, we're still going to have to go with grace. And we, I don't think it's a good idea to quote unquote fire somebody who quits. It's it's not the way it goes, but I think we're still going to be held to professional standards to the day that we are no longer employed. And I think that's a place that we, we want to, we tend to avoid those courageous conversations of saying, we'll just ride it out. It's a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I that, agree. That makes everybody's life miserable for the next two weeks. Exactly. And, and again, you know, Becky, I know this hopefully doesn't happen very often, but I, I, but I have had it happen in those instances, you know, we did do the exact same thing you said. And I'm thinking of, of an associate who, uh, I mean, long story as we can imagine. And, uh, you know, within about three or four days, I realized, oh, wow, this, is just no way we're going to make it. And, and that was a month, right? So this was a longer for an associate. They, they needed to yeah. get a four-week notice. And we were like, by the end of the first week, we were like back in the office going, this just isn't working for anybody. You know, here's your payout. <laughs> Sit yeah. the road. Because uh, I had no choice, right, Becky? I mean, because, you know, we realized it would just be worse if they stuck around for three weeks, like you're saying, just kind of gutted out. Uh, we tried. So again, they didn't get a going away party. <laughs> Or anything because it kind of went sour, and honestly, we wouldn't. They have missed it. it. They, they did. Missed I would it. have that, had. That, the, I would have had the party. I just would have not invited them. <laughs> if it goes that sour, everyone needs to celebrate. Just they just don't need to be there. Yeah, and I guess that's one little kind of pragmatic <laughs> note. Viewfinders is that you don't have like the celebration before it's the end of the period because <laughs> yeah, it could it could go really weird. <laughs> I think that is part of. The, the culture maintenance there, though, like, I think people need to know because there is this totally uncomfortable situation for that two weeks, right? We yeah we don't love being that vulnerable, right? We don't love being in that bridged period. So I think that is the best thing to do is if it is, be, if it is weird. But what you said that I think is important is, one, you gave them the payout. But I think the rest of the team is going to appreciate not having, having to ride out the weirdness if that's what it is and the unpleasantness if that's what it is. But that being said... Like it's like you said, there there should be an acknowledgement that's um, universal when somebody leaves, regardless of of what that looks like, and they should be shown appreciation. And I and I think you're right, just because of the maintenance of that relationship and the integrity of the clinic. But I, again, I think taking the high road is really important. So if they do, even if it is kind of weird, push to the end of that two weeks. 
even if you are glad they're leaving, like it's not a reason to be spiteful in that moment and say, well, Good we'll point. get the last laugh or the last word by not acknowledging it. Right. And and what actually happened with this was the at the fo- so we did part ways at that second meeting, you know, uh, the next staff training, because remember we did weekly staff training every Wednesday morning. And so the very next weekly staff training, we just acknowledged that, hey, listen, you know, guys, just uh, obviously everybody knows that, you know, Dr. Such yeah. and Such is, is not going to be with us anymore. Uh, we were really wishing her, you know, great luck in the future and all that stuff. And I just kind of passed it off as I did not say, well, that's because things got weird. I just said, you know, hey, yeah. you know, she just needed to to get on and you know and start start the move early and so forth. So we were we we're very supportive. We're grateful. I mean, same thing, right? Again, just like you leaving with grace, we also acknowledged with grace because I didn't see any point in doctor bashing, right? I didn't see it serving us. Yeah, that I think it's true. Like, you know, don't give offense, don't take offense kind of thing. But at the same time, um, I almost would have wanted an acknowledgement of advocation there. And I almost want to, would have wanted to acknowledge that things got inappropriate and that that's not acceptable for the team. But I, I, I don't yeah. know, sitting here thinking here on the spot, exactly how that would have been done gracefully. But I just would have wanted to acknowledge because what I am feeling is that that was a lot of advocating for the team and saying, yeah, especially as an owner getting a rid of an associate in that case, you really are advocating for the people who have to work with them because it can be so, so because then you've got 10 people who don't want to come to work over one person. Right. But I think you're right. You have to make the choice that is great with grace. Um, and it's not like anybody didn't know why they really went right, you know. Yeah, and and I we, think at the end of the day, they're yeah. just like, yeah, no, it wasn't tolerated, and we've got a boss who doesn't tolerate it. So, you know. But again, I am acknowledging the fact that that it was an advocate move. Yeah, and and I can't deny. I mean, there's always a better way, and I love what you're saying. I mean, you know, that's just how it played out, you know, legitimately. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. warts and all. So you can learn from it. And guys, if you're ever in that situation, just call up Becky Mosser, RVT, and she'll be hey, glad Ray. to guide you through that dilemma. But but Becky, one final thing as we kind of wrap up today's conversation, um, what should we be celebrating in your opinion? Right? I mean, so we've said birthdays and anniversaries and leavings, maybe, uh, and maybe you know, outside personal life issues. But in your opinion, what should we be celebrating? I got so excited just then that like, so you guys know, Ernie and I have a way of indicating to each other that we want to go next. And he just was asking me a question and I indicated that I wanted to answer. I was so excited (laughs) because for me as a leader, I want to celebrate everything, celebrate everything. And, And again, this doesn't mean a cake and balloons and a blowout, but like we should be celebrating each other all the time. Because right now we all need to be elevated so much. But I think that I don't, you know, it's funny because like like you say, we don't have the answers. I don't have the answers. As a manager, I think birthdays are are special and important. And I think work anniversaries should be acknowledged. And I think departures should be acknowledged. I think major life events that require time off, like a wedding, a honeymoon, an anniversary, not necessarily maybe an anniversary, a death. Uh, surgeries, they need to be acknowledged. So maybe not celebrated, but acknowledged. Um, If our employees are affected, we're affected. And I think that should, whether it's celebrated or acknowledged that those are, those are the things that I think of what I, I think you can take as indicators are what they're talking about when they're talking about 
my birthday is coming up or we're doing this for my birthday or my anniversary or my graduation. I don't think it's hard to miss opportunities to celebrate people because when people want to be celebrated, they talk about it. You know, they talk about the event. They're excited. They're having emotion around it or celebrate nothing. But like I said, either way, I think the most important thing is we do it universally and fairly. And if we screwed up, we acknowledge it. We miss so-and-so's birthday. We miss so-and-so's event. Um, but we absolutely need to, to try to make it fair. Yeah, and I agree with that 100%. Everything Becky just said, great advice. Rewind the tape, replay it. But, uh, did you, you know, say Becky, tape? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Look, I grew up. I grew Get up your in number two pencil out. tapes. You know, we made Turn it tapes. around. Yes. I think I probably you know, con my wife into marrying me for making mixtapes. But anyway, that was back in the 80s. But but regardless, Becky, you know, one of the things that you did mention is the fact being fair and either celebrate these things or don't. And again, if you're that manager owner out there who says, well, you know what, because of all these little potential minefields, I'm just not going to go stepping on any of them. Nobody celebrates anything. You need to recognize that has an influence on your clinic culture, right? Oh, yeah. Becky? I mean, if, if you're going to be that clinic that says, well, because we had problems in the past, I ain't giving nobody a birthday cake, you know, then yeah. again, you're kind of the, the no joy clinic in my opinion. So I don't know, I don't know that I want to work there at all. I think blanket actions across the board, you know, like that is it, like, you really need to be questioning your leadership in general. If you're thinking this thing happened. And so therefore I am now making this blanket rule. You're probably screwing it up, but especially <laughs> if it comes around celebrating people, because you have a, you have a clinic full of people who are, so worth celebrating every single day, even even the rotten ones, because maybe yeah. part of the reason they're rotten is because they don't get celebrated. Um, and we can always do better, right? Like we can always do better. And, and I think this is an area we can do better and, and save the pettiness, right? Um, don't make an enemy, lift up each other, and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money does not. Words to Live By by Becky Mosser, RVT. Viewfinders, what are you doing to celebrate those important employees and people in your life? What kind of policies do you have in place? How do you make sure it's fair and equitable? What happens if you miss somebody? And more importantly, what happens when people leave? How do you acknowledge that? I'd really like to hear your stories, experiences, and maybe advice for the rest of us. Becky, mm, how can they share of that? Those cakes and celebration <laughs> banners. I want to I want to see what you guys are doing because I know a lot of people are doing it right. And you guys can shoot it to us over on Facebook at Veterinary Viewfinder and on Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. You can tweet about it at Vet Viewfinder and you can always send us an email at veterinaryviewfinder at gmail.com. That's right, guys. Celebrating you, you this week. <laughs> we can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Kind of a janky ending, but I'll take <laughs> You can't do it if you want. I think I'll do it. Uh, that was good. That was good.